Welcome to the Scope Creepers podcast. This is the show where a developer and a project manager discuss important topics from the world of software development. I am Christian Scheele, the project manager. And I am Pedro Madruga, the developer. We both live in Denmark and work in the software industry. We've been around for quite a few software projects and we'll be sharing our experience with you. Yeah, today's topic is the definition of done. Uh, that's something that takes up a lot of space in people's minds in projects and especially in agile project management. So, Pedro, what does this term say you? Yeah, I think there's there's a broad definition of done. I don't even know if there's a universal definition of done. Um, this definition of done is definitely not... Oh, it works in my machine, so it's done. <laughs> um, it's uh, as I see it. Definition of done is something that it needs to be defined as a team. It can't be defined by yourself. And by when I say yourself, I mean the developer, um, of course. So it needs to be, and probably it's one of the uh, starting topics when you when you work as a team and you start a project. Uh, one of the hot topics that you talk about or you should talk about with your team is like, hey, let's let's figure out what is the definition of that. Um, as I see it, it should be uh, simple in a way that everybody in the team understands what it entails um, and definitely should affect the whole team. Um, but what so, about what about the, the business requirements? I mean, you might say, oh, we define that a feature is done when it's uh, been tested. Right, uh, and passed uh, a number of uh, software-specific unit tests or something like that. Mm. Uh, yeah. But then, and then we say uh, getting it actually approved by a stakeholder is a new feature or a new task. That really sucks from a uh, business perspective because that means that you never get anything done. Right, uh, and that's the whole issue, right? Uh, as as I see it uh, in my head uh, personally, I, I look at it in two steps. Um, there's the first part of, of done, which is, okay, I've implemented, uh, it, it runs. Um, and then the second part is when it actually matches all the business requirements. And the business requirements should be hit by passing uh, QA or, you know, you have a set of tests that are uh, hooked to the business requirements. And once these are written down and agreed that these are the tests that represent those uh, business requirements, and if they should pass, it should be a way of everybody's agreeing. Okay, then this is done. But this is how I see it. How do you? In my mind, actually, I think uh, we need to push the point of done much further out. Some people say, and I work with, is that something is not done before it's actually deployed and live and used by the end user. Mm -hmm. uh, because from the point in time where a developer says, "Oh, I'm done with this." And until it's been tested by a stakeholder, tested by a, uh, a test environment or a BDD environment, until it's been deployed to a staging and deployed to a production environment, and actually then just redistributed to global data centers and connected to the production database, a lot of other bad stuff can happen that doesn't involve any of the code that was written. Right? So it's... it's saying that it's done before it's gone through that last part, the release, I think mm -hmm. is actually quite problematic. Um, in, in, in Scrum Theory, we're saying that when we define something as done, it should be potentially shippable, right? Mm -hmm. So that means I should be able to roll this car from the workshop 
into the sales presentation room and turn it on and the customer could drive it home. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's not how I, th I think a lot of software developers see done concept. It's done is, uh, my work is done. <laughs> Somebody yeah. else's problem now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the 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 idea that I, that I shared was uh, in the sense of, you know, it, it entails into continuous delivery. So meaning that, okay, if QA or if tests have been passed and the tests actually represent business requirements, then it should be some sort of an automated process where you just have a, a flag that says, okay, every test has passed. This is this is actually, as you mentioned, potentially shippable. Um, although, as a developer, it, uh, it's it's very important to have a. a, a I think personally, it's it's very important to have a continuous, a frequent release. Um, uh, release early and often, right? We need to shoot ourselves in the foot once in a while to find out that even though it might be done seen from a technical perspective, it might live up to all the automated tests. Seen from a business perspective, it might not be the right feature. Uh, and we won't know that before the market uh, accepts or rejects whatever we built. And then the product owner will start all over again and ask you to make the button green instead of a red one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's... it's uh... It's very, you know, it's a bit exhausting when you develop a feature, it passes all the tests, and then it comes uh, requirement change from the top saying, oh, no, we actually want this button green instead of yellow, whatever. And then you need to go back to the trenches and you need to develop a new button whatsoever. So for me personally, not releasing is actually something that affects me uh, to a deeper level. Um, and this, one of the ways to sort this out would be to have a small definition of done. A small, uh, like, short steps. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I think that uh, that would make a lot of people happier. But on the other hand, it would make uh, the product owner and the stakeholders uh, unhappier because it means that we are introducing risk, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, accumulating risk in any project is always bad. It means that we have a huge unknown that we're now pushing in front of us that says, even though the button can change color and we've made that feature, it works on Pedro's uh, sandbox PC. <laughs> we have no idea of how it reacts when it uh, is deployed to a test server or production server or whatever. Um, so we are accumulating risk, which is technical debt in a way. So mm -hmm. I think that's, uh, that's scary. I mean, uh, uh, I think done should be as close to complete or shipped as possible. Mm -hmm. And then the trick would be to slice down features into thinner slices. If you want to make sure that you get success easily or that you don't accrue a lot of risk by building a, a two weeks of feature value that then somebody throws out, then we should build smaller features, smaller components, um, that can be thrown out without people being too frustrated or without destroying too much business value. But, okay, now I'm going to take the devil's advocate uh, role. Um, so, okay, let's, let's, uh, pick up, let's pick up our software. Let's break it down into a million pieces. Uh, mm -hmm. Each of these pieces now needs to be approved. Uh, so let's say the development rate, development uh tempo is really short, right? So this these features need to be approved constantly by the stakeholders, by product uh, managers, product owner, whatsoever. So aren't we then, by breaking down a software into million pieces, uh, overloading uh, the, project, the product 
manage the product owner and the project managers, of course, uh, with micro decisions throughout the day, or okay, hopefully throughout the day or uh, throughout the week, so that at some point they can't do anything else. Wouldn't that be the case? You almost sounded happy with the idea of not being able to do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, but that's putting it to extremes, right, Pedro? Because um, the point here is to strike a balance. When we do incremental product development, when we break features down into subcomponents, obviously there is a, a granularity size of task where things become ridiculous. Like when we say put uh, value X into variable Z, right? We wouldn't make a task for that. Uh, we would definitely make the granularity much bigger. Uh, because both the software developer and the product owner would have too much uh, process overhead. I think the, the issue here is that today we have a tendency to make the granularity too big, like make a login page. Yeah. And making, <laughs> uh, and that's too big in the granularity because there is forget password function. There is the use email as user ID or not decision. There is a lot of, actually just the login page has a number of different sub, uh, features that can be done very differently. Um, and I think each of those should be created and approved independently. Mm. I, th I think it, I, I totally agree. Um, I do think that at, uh, for some features, um, I would even go as far as the developer, um, you know, assuming um, the responsibility of releasing. Hear me out. So mm -hmm. let's say we have like a... a uh, let's literally think about a green button and a blue button. Uh, let's say the developer takes uh, the responsibility and just releases that without going to product owner. Let's yeah, forget everything else and just uh, focus on the fact that the developer mm -hmm. stood up and said, okay, I'm going to release this because I'm going to save time and some bureaucracy in releasing this. Uh, I, would, I would probably, well, obviously depending on past and present of... Yeah, the project and the company or whatever, but I would probably do so just to uh, because it would allow me to take ownership of the product. And this, in other words, means that I would I would also think, hey, the the product. If if I ship something that is shitty, I'm also responsible for that. But would and, you then accept being overruled? Uh, sorry. Would you then accept somebody overruling you and saying roll that back and change the color? Yeah, of course, because I have to assume that people uh, would know better than me about the product, right? And the, at least for some parts of the product, it's for parts that are probably not development, right? But still, what do you think? Well, if a guy, a guy, someone, a developer would go and say, hey, yeah, I'm going to... Th I think that's actually a good, uh, good example because, I mean... I've I've had this situation a couple of times during some sprint reviews where developers actually want to deploy stuff that's not completely done in order to make stakeholders happy and get and make to demonstrate progress, right? Mm -hmm. And and then the product owner then is the the end user's advocate who says, "Very fine, you want to demonstrate that you're actually building something. Uh, it might not mm -hmm. be completely done, but you want to release it." Um, on the other hand, um, there are, yeah, it sounds like patronizing, but there are business reasons outside the technical uh, scope that define when it's a good time to release stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so 
taking that into account is difficult. And I, you know, of course, I know you can easily find full stack developers who are also release geniuses and who could do marketing and can do their own laundry and their own bookkeeping, right? Uh, but there are few and far between. Uh, yeah. Not everybody can be a Renaissance developer, product owner mm -hmm. person. Okay, and I I do genuinely like the the taking ownership also because the product I'm also part of the team, right? And I also need to. I, I hate the feeling of like, oh, I I've just as a developer, I just okay, I developed this, the tests pass, we've been doing some code review, blah blah blah, etc. All all of the development tasks have been done. I hate the feeling of just like, okay, I've done my share. And this is over for me. So somebody else is going to pick up that. Uh, regardless of the size of the project, um, I, I really like to, you know, follow through. And even though uh, maybe seem a bit bureaucratic, which I still think some parts are, um, it's a good idea to think about uh, outside the box. Meaning like, okay, why was this button? Why was why was the, why was the product owner against releasing this color of the button? And understanding why and as a developer, when you try to understand why, I think everybody wins because you understand it as a whole. You, you understand the project as... Yeah, you don't, yeah, don't want to be holistic. working in a, in a code factory, right? That's the whole point. You want to be part of the decisions and the meaning of the product. I understand that. Uh, and, I, and I respect that too. I mean, uh, and, and in some, in some organizations, uh, operations is being handled that way now. I don't know if you heard about the term no-ops. Uh, nope. The idea is that uh, you build it, you run it. Basically, okay, uh, and that means that uh, that you're not just a full stack developer; you're a full stack developer DevOps kind of person as well. Mm -hmm. um, that's actually being done in some major software organizations these days that are willing to run risks of being super agile, come what may. But then that gives us a lot of other problems like it, design inconsistency and no synergy and. Uh, single person dependency, and everybody can get a single point of failure T-shirt. Um, <laughs> so uh, I see, I see the point: uh, ownership, involvement, co-responsibility. And I think, in my mind, one of the the rest, less risky ways of doing that is to give people the liberty to define the solution to a problem uh, without uh, defining that for them, and giving them the ability to come up with the best solution for the problem. Um, I also see why you want to have uh, final ownership in in deploying stuff, um, but there is a there is a division of labor, and the definition I've done is exactly that. It's a it's a tool for supporting the division of labor between a number of very different professional disciplines. Mm -hmm. So so let's say we define a division of labor, the a definition of done that says it's been tested by our automated test system. It's been uh, refactored. It's been stakeholder approved. It's been deployed to a staging environment, not breaking anything. And it's been deployed to production environment. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's in my mind is the ideal definition of done. I think, uh, it, yeah, I, I agree to 90% of it. I, I think there's one thing to probably be added to this. Uh, definition of done obviously depends on where you are and if it's a corporation or like a startup. Certainly. And, um, I think it also influences the fact that uh, everybody should, and I think we both agree on this, that everybody should sit down in the very beginning of the project and think, hey, what does done mean considering our product and considering our company? Yes. Um, and this usually doesn't happen. 
<laughs> in the that's, beginning of the broadcast. That's actually one of the big problems because uh, <laughs> people have very different interpretations of, of what done means, and especially between technical and non-technical departments. And the, the reason why this discussion pops up is often after two or three sprints or development cycles or phases or whatever, depending on which product model we're using, uh, somebody gets totally infuriated by the fact that they thought something was to finally delivered, documented, uh, <laughs> and whatever, and all they had was like a prototype running on Petro Sandbox. Um, <laughs> yeah. In short, just try to keep it simple. Um, yeah. Not a lot of overhead, but yeah, cool. I think that's the gist of it, unless you have more... No, no, no. Except, except that uh, one of the typical uh, dangers of working with a common definition of done is the uh, tendency to try and define something that can cover every single kind of feature or eventuality with very little um, amount of feature-specific uh, acceptance criteria. And I think that to make something so generic is very difficult. So maybe uh, better make a lean definition of done and then quite detailed acceptance criteria for each feature instead. Yeah. Uh, good requirements. Uh, yeah. Etc. Um, cool. Uh, I don't know if you have uh, any picks for this episode. Um, I have one one pick, but if you want to no, start... Please go, please go ahead. All right. I have... Uh, so, yeah, I've been working uh, since November uh, 2016. Uh as a freelancer, so I need to track my hours and what. Um, I still do some projects by the hour, and I want to recommend an uh, uh, app called Timely. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a Norwegian company. Uh, it they have this uh, really cool uh, and simple to use interface uh, that allows you to track time and to track all your projects. Uh, it allows for teams and whatnot. It has the one of the features that I use the most. It has uh, uh, Apple Watch uh, version, so I can just yeah single-handedly click, starts logging my time, click, stops logging my time, and then I can Without have an overview. Without taking your phone out of your pocket, <laughs> <laughs> I'm too busy for that. Decoding, <laughs> yeah. I can't take my phone. Um, so no, I, I I totally recommend it. Um, it's uh, mostly for freelancer and freelancers and small teams. Um, it's really cool. So Timely, uh, the URL is timelyapp.com. Uh, Let me... Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, timelyapp.com. Um, it's totally recommended, especially if you're a freelancer. That's my pick. Yes, and I've got a totally non-related uh, recommendation. I was looking for... I've been looking a long time for a game that could be played by people in a Scrum team. Um, a super casual uh, game that could involve people across interests uh, for a five or ten minute uh, fast and fun and furious uh, entertainment session. And I've been spending time with a lot of hardcore gamers in my development team with very little results. And I wanted something that didn't involve killing too many people at the same time, um, which was very difficult to find as well. But I found a very, very good game that's very, very fun to play and to watch as well. Um, and it's a uh, PlayStation 4 game called Overcooked. 
uh, and maybe right. it's like a, a project manager's kind of game because it's it's uh, the usual story. Maybe you know pizza frenzy kind of game where you get an order. A guy wants a burger. He wants one with tomatoes, one with lettuce, and one with cucumber meat and a bun, and the other one without cucumber. And then you have to run around in the kitchen and chop tomatoes and fry the beef and uh, put it in the right order and deliver it to the customer before time runs out. So. It is kind of a project management game, it actually. Is. Yeah, it, it also entails the definition of done, right? <laughs> yeah, it also exists on Steam, actually, so you can play it on a PC. It's called Overcooked. It's an independent game. Independent game, so I'm not uh, plugging any of the big gaming companies, but it's really funny. Uh, I think you should try it out. Cool. I just googled it really fast. It's really well rated. Nine ten on Steam. Yeah, on the music is totally wacky as well. <laughs> cool. Try it out. Awesome. Uh, that was our show. That was the show for this time. Thank you. This time. Yes. Thank you. Bye. You have listened to the Scope Creepers podcast, the show where a developer and a project manager discuss important topics from the world of software development. If you like the show and want to support the effort, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Scope Creepers podcast. I am Christian Shaler, the project manager. And I'm Pedro Madruga, the developer. We'll be back soon with a new important topic from the world of software development and project management. But we won't promise you when.